move glacially slow and design for inevitability. That's the Bitcoin thesis. I think that thesis makes Bitcoin hard to beat. It's hard to beat someone that never gives up and Bitcoin's never going to give up. Hello there from Miami. How are you all? I had such a great time here at the Human Rights Foundation's Freedom Forum. So a big shout out to Alex Gladstein. Thanks for the invite. But I'm about to set off, about to catch a flight. I'm off to the great state of Texas. And with Bitcoin mooning and the possibility of new all-time high this month, things are looking good for Bitcoin. Anyway, welcome to the What Bitcoin Did podcast, which is brought to you by Gemini, the only place I am using for buying Bitcoin. I'm your host, Peter McCormack, and today I've got an interview with my good buddy, Greg Carson, discussing the financial transformation that is happening with Bitcoin. But before that, I do have a message from my amazing show sponsors. And today I'm going to kick off with Gemini, who I'm using exclusively for buying and selling Bitcoin. And as ever, as I tell you every show, I've not sold a single sat through Gemini yet. Why? Well, look at the price of Bitcoin. It's mooning. We're in a bull market. I'm selling my sats. Nobody's getting my sats cheap. And you know what? I've been using the Gemini app for buying the dips, but I also set up a DCA with twice monthly buys of Bitcoin, and I'm yet to see a better or easier interface for buying Bitcoin. With a streamlined trading view, you have access to all the tools you need to understand Bitcoin and start investing, all through one clear, attractive interface. Now, if you want to find out more, please head over to Gemini.com, which is G-E-M-I-N-I. Next up, we have Ledger, the world's most popular hardware wallet. Now listen, Bitcoiners, a hardware wallet allows you to take custody of your Bitcoin. And I have been a Ledger customer since early 2017. And the Nano S I bought back then, I'm still using now. Ledger makes it easy for you to safely manage your Bitcoin using their Ledger Lie software, which interfaces with your device. And you can even connect your Nano S to your Android phone to manage your Bitcoin on the go. If you want to find out more, please head over to ledger.com, which is L-E-D-G-E-R.com. And next up, we have the amazing Compass Mining. And they're not just a sponsor. I am a customer of theirs. I am now back mining Bitcoin. And in the first 49 days I've been mining, I've now mined 0.156 Bitcoin. And with the Bitcoin price up, that is now worth over $8,400. And with this price rise, I've nearly covered the cost of one of my S19s. I bought five. So hopefully, over the space of a year, they'll all be paid off. It is so good to be back mining. You know what? I really like these guys. Compass makes mining accessible to everyone. And as a Bitcoiner, I'm happy to be supporting the decentralized growth of the hash rate. It was so easy to get onboarded. And it can be easy for you. If you want to mine Bitcoin, you just pick your location, choose your hosting facility, and they do all the work for you. If you're interested in mining or you want to find out more, please head over to compassmining.io, which is C-O-M-P-A-S-S-M-I-N-I-N-G.io. And also, let's talk about BlockFi who recently announced the launch of the BlockFi Rewards Visa Signature Card. Now, for people in the US who own or are interested in owning Bitcoin or stacking more sats, then the BlockFi Rewards Credit Card provides the easiest way to earn more Bitcoin because you get 1.5% back in Bitcoin on every card purchase and there is no annual fee. Not just that. You earn 3.5% back in Bitcoin during your first three months of card ownership and 2% back on everything you spend over $50,000 annually. Now, if you want to find out more, please head over to BlockFi.com, which is B-L-O-C-K-F-I.com. All right, on to the show today, and we have Greg Carson. Now, this conversation runs the gamut. We hit on the logic of violence, governance, technology and society, and the impact of social media and even long-form media itself. Now, this show was actually recorded back in September prior to the recent Twitter debate about maximalism, and it was a really great discussion. It was really sparked the conversations I had with Willie Wu and the other conversation I had with Adam Farrington, Udi, Crypto Cobain, and Alex Gladstein, where I've been trying to dive into the idea of 
has Bitcoin won the war on money? Do we need to fight altcoins? Do we need to have that battle anymore? Now, fair warning, there is some mention of some tokens, but I'm not promoting them. You know I only buy Bitcoin. This was just really a conversation about transformation, and I think it starts and ends with Bitcoin anyway, and don't worry. I'm going to be getting back to focusing just on Bitcoin now. It was though, an important few shows I had to make. I think it's always good to reevaluate your models. And having done this interview with Greg, it did make me rethink some things. Like, we've won the war of money with Bitcoin. Perhaps we don't need to have this fight. Now, I know some of the people on YouTube don't get to hear the intro, so all the comments are going to be, all right, piece of shit coiner now. No, it's not. It's not. You've got to have these discussions. You've got to look at your models. If you don't like it, well, I'm very sorry for you. Anyway, Greg's company, XBTO, isn't a Bitcoin-only company, and he's also become a friend, and we've had many long conversations over beers and tacos, covering a range of topics from Bitcoin to parenting to societal issues. So I just wanted to have him on the show. just want to talk to him. So I hope you enjoy it. Anyway... If you have any questions or suggestions, feel free to jump into my Telegram group where we hang out, or you can reach me on my email, which is hello at whatbitcoindid.com. All right, over to Greg. Hope you enjoy this one. Hi, Greg. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey, man. Welcome, man. It's good Good to see you again. Good to see you. Um, uh, I've been pestering you to come on for a while yeah. because we've become friends over this last year. And every time I see you, we have these really good conversations where like <laughs> everything is fucked and how, we, how do we raise our sons? Right. Um, and sometimes a little bit of Bitcoin. And a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, maybe. Little and bit. you're hugely well-read. You've recommended loads of books to me that I haven't <laughs> even got round to. Uh, <laughs> but I've been pestering you for ages. I was like, yeah. you've got to come on the show. Right. I, I, I want to have one of those conversations we have over tacos. Right. And everyone else to hear it. Yeah, yeah. we're big on Mexican food. It's yeah, like big on Mexican food. I'm big on Mexican food. Yeah. And you've uh, just sponsored into Miami. I got the, the jersey on. I know. My, yeah. My hero Philippe, and, Philippe and Walton, they, they basically made the, the big commit. So we're. And it uh, sounds like you're a good omen for them, first game. Yeah, they totally crushed it, kind of. <laughs> Thanks for my shirt. I'm share this. Was... I got a present. I got to share this because I don't even know what camera I'm looking at. Look, yeah. I've got a Beckham shirt, my absolute it's, hero. It's pro. There's like 16 cameras here. Yeah. Danny made a good point. Why is it not signed? <laughs> he heard I was going to be on. He said, "I want to do it in person." Yeah. Well played, well played. How are you, man? You well? Uh, awesome. It's been a great. It's been a great uh, year. It's been a great f- five years. It's, it seems to be you know the world keeps getting more interesting. But in our space, it's just like, I mean, transformative. Mm. I mean, everything's transformative for me. And like the Bitcoin, the Bitcoin introduction to the world has changed almost everything in my life so i think same for you same for me absolutely I mean, it's I not very just, lucky it's not just it's not just um you know good investment which is like my role at my role you know at expedio Ex- 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 ventures is investing in companies and you know these projects and stuff but that's just like the, the tip you know everything in my life is transformed around this this uh change in the world so yeah it's it's, it's for, and mainly the relationships like we become good friends, and and there's so many other people in the space that I would consider my closest friends, and I only met them in the last five years. Yeah, so it's like okay, well, amazing. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, yeah, it's changed my career. Obviously, yeah. I do this now rather than advertising, and yeah. it's changed my finances. Not really working, but I mean, kind of just like chilling and hanging out with talking with us and yeah. stuff. They do all the work. These yeah. people here, <laughs> Emma over totally there. kidding by the way. Just. Danny. The of we know Peter works harder than pretty much well, anyone. I know, but, uh, anyone. No. And it's really good for the space, what you do. You do. know what? I used to. I, yeah. I don't have to work as hard anymore because you've got a team and it makes 
makes a difference. Yeah. But it's changed careers, changed finances. And when I say finances, uh, approach to money and consideration of spend and future. Yeah. Uh, I'm not there yet on the diet I've tried, but it changes a lot of things, man. But we've had like some really good conversations. And like I said, I just wanted to get you here. And yeah. I want to. Uh, I'm grateful, really. No, anytime, man. Um, Super grateful. We should give. You should do a bit of a background so people like I know your background now because we've hung out. But right, right. You, some some of the people listening and watching, they might not know you. So just, right, right. Uh, okay, there's two, I guess break. there's two backgrounds. There's me, and then there's me with XPTO and how we've kind of come to where we are, and even who XPTO is because I know um, we're kind of really well known in the market transformation space, like the Bitcoin liquidity space and the institution. Because we're like XPTO is the first institutional. Um, Liquidity provider in the Bitcoin space and and, and the crypto space, mm-hmm. some some degree, um, early on, um, and so Philippe and Walton founded XPTO um, like early, end of 2014, formalized in 2015, started already trading Bitcoin on 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 many of the major um, exchanges. They built the whole infrastructure because back then you couldn't get any infrastructure from prime brokerage or anything like that. And my background goes back to growing up in near Silicon Valley, um, starting my first company when I was 21, um, going back to business school, working on Wall Street, doing M&A. Um, I became good friends with Walton uh, like 20 years ago. We've done like four or five projects together. I met Philippe and Walton um, back in early 2017 where we started talking about, they started, they made an investment into venture capital and they were looking at their second one, we started talking about, okay, well, maybe this should be a formalized part of XPTO. Then I joined by the very beginning of 2018 and we formalized the, the first fund uh, where we started investing in, in companies. And um, that included the first one was Darbit and then Xmarsh and then Paradigm Trading and Luca and um, maybe up to 20 companies now. Wow. And, and um, and going fantastically. I mean, like, essentially top decile of venture capital performance. And I know. I'm supposed to make some disclaimers here, like, yeah. past performance is not, you know, that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, but, yeah. but really, this is not financial advice. This yeah, is not yeah. financial advice. And, yeah. and my opinions are my own. Definitely not the opinions in the, <laughs> the, the, the firm. But really, we've, it's been a really fun ride. Um, Philippe is the, the CEO and just amazing, amazing visionary, you know, made, and, and Walton, I know in 20 years, he's our CIO and co-founder and you know, smart, one of the smartest guys I've ever met. So it's been, the firm is just an amazing culture. Um, we're kind of like behind the scenes in a lot of the institutional um, parts of the community for many, many years now. And now we sponsored the the IMCF. We moved to Miami. Our headquarters is now Miami. I've been to the office. Yeah. You invited me down. Reasonably okay office. Woo. Yeah. Got a little beach down there. Yeah, it's like right on the water. And so XPTO has now evolved. So now, you know, now we're, you know, edging up towards 100 people. We have offices in Paris, in New York, headquartered in Miami, Bermuda. Um, we have a product streaming markets where we, um, you know, where we provide pricing and um, various things on the on the streaming parts of all the crypto markets. Um, we have an options desk. We've been doing, you know, Walton and Philippe come from SAC Capital, where they're, they, you know, they were basically one of the, you know, foremost hedge funds. So we do a lot of algorithmic trading, um, market market making, 
um, we're a proprietary investor. And my my role doing the private investing, all the venture capital and, and private deals and negotiations around partnerships and stuff um, means that we've we now started, since I came on, to start to now take outside capital for investing stuff. So now we're raising our, you know, we had such good performance, people started asking us to invest. Now we're raising new fund um, to do early stage stuff. And um, just the deal flow, a lot of deal flow, a lot of really great investors coming into our, into our, um, you know, to part, our partnership system. Great times. Yeah, man. It's great amazing. time yeah, for yeah. everyone. It's, it's yeah. been an um, incredible year. And I just feel like every time I take a like step back and think about where we are with the Bitcoin ecosystem, it's yeah. like, holy shit, look where we were four years ago and look where we are now and look where we're going. We've got a, we had a president tweeting last night when buying the dip. El Salvador yeah. up to 700 Bitcoin, like amazing, amazing. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's in a very interesting place. But kind of, I think one of the things that's really on my mind, which is why I like talking to you, is when we have those conversations uh, over tacos, is that <laughs> there's a lot to consider about in the world. And you and I share this lens where it's not yeah. just about how do I get by in this world, but like, what does it mean for our sons? We've got sons of pretty much yeah. the same age. My son's 17. Ilias. Yeah, mine's 17. And they're both orange. Well, no, yours is more orange peeled, I think, than mine. Uh, Elise is really into this, you know, Bitcoin maximalist. And, yeah. you know, he's coding Rust. I'm super proud of him. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. Super my, smart guy. My son's an artist. And he's like, yeah, whatever. I'll definitely but, like, be working for my son in like in a decade or two. <laughs> we have to be retired. <laughs> but, though, so we, we have, like, we, we're thinking in that separate lens about like the world that they're going to yeah. live in and what's it going to mean for them. And yeah. one of the things that's really interesting about the Bitcoin is, is that some of them are very good at seeing the future. They have like crystal yeah. balls where I'm like, yeah. you know, this vision of the world, they talk about hyper-Bitcoinization or the breakdown of the state or the, yeah. you know, delegit. Like yesterday, um, a couple of days ago, I interviewed somebody who said the great thing about Bitcoin is it's going to, uh, delegitimize the like rent seekers in um, yeah. in uh, government and academia, right? And I think they're foreseeing a collapse or a world shift, which I I don't because I I, I live in this comfortable space. Like, oh, everything's fine. Everything will be how it always was. But the world's gone through like really trans transformation. Trans yeah, times, and we're in a transformation now. It's amazing. I, I see it's happening. Yeah. Uh, I see the good that's going to come. I fear some of the implications, but like it, I don't see it the way other Fear is the mind it. killer. I know, man. <laughs> I know. To cartoon. <laughs> How do you take him where we are at the moment? Because like there is weird. St- I mean, the the Evergrande thing that's happening now. Yeah, you could have a Chinese version of the Big Short. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think the world is going through massive transformations. I think we're quite lucky. I think Bitcoin and our side of the world gives us some insulation mm-hmm. to realize that we have we're kind of protecting ourselves both financially and, and mentally. I think it's a big it's a, it's a mental pill as well as an orange pill you might call it. But um, yeah, and, and the transformation of markets is the first step of that. You know, I think that the whole world's transforming. Um, and Expedia Homo Ventures were investing in the transformation of the markets. But the whole world is changing. And that's what I think the fear comes from. And if you look back, like in the 20s, I mean, like before 1920, before it was in 1917 when they made the Federal Reserve Bank. There was, so there's no Federal Reserve mm-hmm. Bank back then. 1900, all currencies in the world were on gold standard. So you didn't have exchange rates. Mm-hmm. You basically just, uh, Rockefeller had a um, 55 country 
company with the Telegraph, one accounting books. He managed 55 countries before the television or the telephone or, I mean, before planes. Yeah. You can imagine. Um, and then they took people, you know, they partially came off the gold standard and then um, Bretton Woods came, which was a massive transformation in military strategy from the United States and the dollar. And then in... And then when, in 1971, when Nixon took us off the gold standard, that last 50 years has been an experiment. Mm -hmm. So I think what we're seeing now is not necessarily a transformation forward, but a transformation where Bitcoin has introduced a series of like catalysts for the, for the global mentality to realize that there, there needs to be some fixing. And it might be going back in some cases, it looks like it's going forward, but it's going backwards. But it's going back to a standard. Something, something. I think that there's, people don't realize, I think what we didn't realize before is that technology is not always pushing us forward. You know, there's a lot of things that we're now realizing weren't that great technology. You know, social media is not necessarily making children happier. You see the Facebook thing? No, I didn't see it. So Facebook... Uh, Even though I'm on Facebook 24-7. Well, there was a uh, Facebook study. Danny, can you have a look it up? But I don't know the details, but essentially Facebook ran a study, and it's quite interesting because there was an interview, I think it was Jonathan Haidt on Rogan, where he was talking, he did a presentation, and it was a graph showing um, young girls' uh, incidents of self-harm and suicide. And it was quite a steady chart, and then it just... There was like this uptick, this hockey curve. Social media. Social media, yeah. Instagram probably. and Instagram was the main culprit. Probably less for Facebook because I think Facebook is really our generation. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's mainly Instagram. And yeah. so that's why my, my daughter is not allowed Instagram. She fights me over it, but I'm just not having her exposed to this that's kind great. of pressure. Yeah, it's probably um, and it's something I've agreed with her mom and we've stu- stuck to it. Uh, it's also not great for boys, but it's much worse for girls. Yeah. But Facebook did a study, what's the detail? Snapchat too. It was an internal study that found that it was damaging to children's mental health. And they buried the study. Yeah. Who did? Facebook. So they knew. (laughs) Of course. Because they're like altruistic. So (laughs) (laughs) why would they do something like that? Well, I wonder what the obligation is there when when they do a study like that. Is the obligation to release it to the public and let people know it was the obligation to change the product? Well, ethics of technology is a super... Super interesting subject. I mean, there was a famous case um, early day in, in Ford when they found out that the Ford Pinto had a chance of blowing up, and they did a calculation internally of how many deaths would come from the Ford Pinto, and they calculated, okay, we can afford we can afford to pay those lawsuits off, and like wow, and then it went into production anyways. It was like a, a major thing. So this is like the same kind of thing. It's well, even worse, yeah. though, I would say. Well, I, I mean, it, I mean, it reaffirms my point that social yeah. media is dangerous for children. Oh yeah. Uh, but therefore, it's also dangerous for adults, really. We have a lot of mentally unstable people shouting all day on Twitter. Well, it's like television is the instigator of these new echo chambers. Mm. And then people take this like one-liners that they learn on television, which is the devil's medicine. I mean, mm-hmm. television is just like everything dumbed down to simple liners that people can remember that have no basis in actual, you know, the depth of the of the knowledge. And then then they go into Facebook where they can... You know, it basically starts to re- rebound. You know, that kind of. So. Well, I think we were out for dinner last night, and one of the things we were talking about is that one of the few places <clears throat> that you can 
you can fix this is in long form conversations like this, right. Clubhouse, Twitter right. Spaces. Right, right. It feels like if you're having a conversation with people, yeah. you won't. Yeah, I mean, last night at dinner, we had a, a Bitcoin Maxi and an Ethereum Maxi sit down at dinner. And by the end of the night, they've exchanged phone numbers, they're going to hang out. But like on Twitter, I mean, those two, maybe not, but on Twitter, they, it, it, <laughs> maybe it, not those two. It, it can be arguments. Yeah, but, yeah. but this kind of, and, and one of the other issues is a lot of the people I notice that recognize the problems of social media and media, when they tweet about it, they also yeah. do it in an inflammatory way themselves. So they're yeah. contributing to it. They're recognizing it, but the social media is rewarding them for being inflammatory about it. Uh, and I'm a hypocrite at times, I know, but I, <laughs> I, I do think... Well, in like person, you have that kind of feed, social feedback. The, yeah. Like, as I'm saying a sentence, you see the face of the other person reacting to what you're saying, mm-hmm. and then you have this response. On, on the internet, you just have this... You're just essentially shouting out to the to the masses. You have no idea. So people are trying to get attention. I think a lot of it's approval seeking or just like attention seeking. I guess. And I don't think some people realize the consequence. No. You know, um, someone might tweet something out, yeah. like about a person, be particularly critical personally, right. and they get the the rally and support of the. Yeah. People are watching, but they don't understand. Well, they find the six other people that agree with them, yeah. and then that becomes... or six hundred or six thousand. Yeah, but they don't understand how that person who sees it might feel. I no. I put a thing to Danny earlier, a tweet, and I didn't end up sending it in the end. But there's some people have been say criticizing this, and other people say, uh, will respond and say, "Look, this is just people being mean on Twitter." But I think if you say, "Oh, it's just people being mean on Twitter," you perhaps haven't been subjected to like continual harassment abuse, which does happen. There's a couple of people I know within the Bitcoin community who I'm watching now getting harassed and abused. Right. And I think sometimes it gets normalized. Right. Oh, this is just people being mean on Twitter. You need to get thicker skin. It's like, well, can't we flip that and say, no, this is this is not acceptable. We challenge that person not to be a dick. Right. Well, it seems that you know, standing up on the, the internet is not so easy to do, I guess. I mean, and then people see this, like they see the six people or 600 people and then socially people just think everyone thinks that way because they just see the six responses and they you know identify with it it could be and that kind of like that's actually the interesting thing that if you kind of loop it back to like our business you know it's the same with markets you know like mm. there's some you know like there could be some sort of change in the markets for a, a new company or a new opportunity and like everyone is, jumps on board even though it's a bad idea or a good idea there can be too much social proof either way yeah but i think i mean it seems to me that Twitter is, you know, depending on who you follow, changes the whole experience for you. Yeah, and how much time you spend it. Somebody earlier put, I just had a forty-eight-hour uh, Twitter fast. He said I felt right. great. Yeah, I was like, that's such an interesting point. Yeah, well, fasting is a. I think a, the concept is is that's a really good idea, actually. I mean, with Twitter, I mean, for me, it's like a really it's a better news source, but it's also a place where you can get down to rabbit, rabbit holes. Because mm-hmm. if you curate who you follow, you can basically get much better first-hand knowledge or first-hand news if you follow and read it the right way mm. and search after that. Like, you know, I can read books. I like to read books. I like to read deep, con- you know, like a deep dive content. So you see the, the initial part on Twitter, and then that's where I get ideas of what to look at. I, don't watch te- I haven't watched television since I was... My twenties, I think. No telly. Do a little bit of Netflix. Well, Netflix yeah. binge watching for sure. Yeah. You know, like you know, Game of Thrones types of things. I can't wait to see Asimov. You know, what's new, Asimov? 
the new Foundation series. I think it's on Apple or something. What's that? A Game of Thrones. Asimov. You know Amazon. Asimov is like the most famous science fiction writer like of all time. You got to read the Foundation series. Oh, hold on. This yeah, is yeah. the thing, thing coming on Apple. This was the uh, yeah. precursor to Star Wars. Not precursor. It's the Star Wars kind of like it. took a lot of ideas from Asimov, who's the most yeah. prolific science fiction writer of all time. Yeah, I've seen the trailer. Yeah. There's two trailers. It looks insane. The book is epic. I mean, the books are amazing. I mean, really, if it's produced well, it should be one of the best things ever. Yeah. Do you watch any of the documentaries? Because I just watched this five part on Netflix about 9-11 Turning Point. It was very well made. I haven't seen that one yet. It's really good. It just covers like what happened, why they went to Afghanistan, then into Iraq and how they undid Afghanistan and right. how we get to where we are today, like the shit show of the exit. <laughs> no, I need to watch that. I haven't, yeah. I haven't watched the documentary. I like documentaries, but um, I tend to read nonfiction books and then, you know, if it's a, you know, Netflix like movie or something like that. I watched the, the good one was... Um, there's a Netflix one on samurai on the samurai and in the introduction mm-hmm. of gunpowder. I mean, you read um, Sovereign Individual, I, yeah, I think, I mean, right? So, Breed Love it, it, it completely changed the logic, the logic of violence with the introduction of gunpowder. Right. So, the gunpowder revolution is yeah. this whole concept of the return on, on returns on violence being um, transformed. If you watch the 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 um, non, it's like a nonfiction history of the samurais. Um, actually, the whole story is about one samurai clan got gunpowder first and took over Japan. Oh, wow! It's, a, it's, it's, a, it's happening in this in this. Um, this That's a documentary. Story. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Yeah, definitely, oh, I have definitely. To watch see that. It. It's not. It's not. It's like done, kind of dramatized, and then fact, dramatized fact. But it's right. the same. It's this whole concept that gun, you know the the gunpowder changed all the returns of violence. You see it right there. They got all the, the peasants and they just handed them, you know, guns to go with the samurais, and they went and kill all the. <laughs> it's yeah. so interesting because I'm uh, later on today. I'm inter- interviewing Jack Murphy. I don't know if you know him. It's just an interesting guy. He was with Tim Pool yesterday. Okay, and they were talking about the government mandates to be uh, fact. All, all companies with 100 employees, which is just a weird, arbitrary decision. Because there's no other arbitrary decisions yeah. in the government these days. <laughs> so let's just make it 100, and you have to be vaccinated. Or the f- I think the firm is fined fourteen thousand dollars per person. I think that's it. That's very strange. But I might not have that bit correct. But they were t- talking about this uh, fines and that basically the government can just go into your bank account and take the money. Wow. And uh, Jack oh. Murphy said, "Can oh, be a fast or, move towards." Uh, or crypto. Tim, no, Tim Paul said this was it. He said, um, "Your AR-15s can't stop them." stealing your private property from your bank accounts. Right. And I was like screaming, I was like, this is why you need Bitcoin. This is the moment that Bitcoin needs to be in the conversation. Bitcoin, yeah, Bitcoin fixes this. Bitcoin I mean, fixes this. It really, I mean, like, and that's, a, you know, we just, uh, we just invested in this company, Bitwave, which is like um, accounting for companies that have Bitcoin or crypto on their treasury. Mm-hmm. That's their whole, their whole mission. And, um, and earlier we did Luca, which does fund administrators and stuff like that as well. I mean, like, um, Companies start to, you know, it's there's a lot of reasons to have, you know, stable coins on your balance sheet for speed and weekend transfer. You know, like we've done, we've done some investments, or we've had investments where, um, or we've done invest, you know, we've done like market investment or trades, and they have to be done on weekends and evenings. And you know, the, the normal banking system, nothing, yeah. right? And if you have this on your balance sheet, one, you can <laughs> avoid the government taking penalties on their own, and two, you can operate outside of the this legacy financial system. I mean, that's the the whole thesis of of 
of our of my business. You know, the, the Humble Ventures, the the Expedios Humble Ventures, which is our our venture capital, is that we're about to enter. We are have already entered market transformation. So there's a market transformation happening, and I think we're talking. The, mm. Everything's going to change. Everything. Everything's going to change. But the really. The core of it, like you saw The Big Short, which is an epic movie, mm-hmm. and you saw like that. That's actually that movie is really interesting because that's the beginning. That's that's the moment that inspired Satoshi to launch his. Or that maybe not he knew that was coming, but he because yeah. he worked on it some some time. But that's when they launched when he launched um, Bitcoin, and now we see all these legacy banks with millions of lines of COBOL code and running by seventy year old guys. That have no incentive to change their company, and then mean and and meanwhile there needs to be thousands of companies to exist for our vision of of Bitcoin. And I think we said earlier, like the if Bitcoin is going to be the people's money, then layer zero are these other coins like you know Cardano and um, Solana and Ethereum. Those are like layer zero. That's kind of like the the application layer. And then below that, you have all the shit coins, and that's essentially what I, my well, idea we'll is. Come, that, we'll come back to that yeah. thesis because I just want to. Uh, I have to say, people, it's, 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 the people's Silicon Valley. People are going to be triggered by Cardano. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. True. <laughs> yeah. We, can, we can put that in the shit coin category. Yeah, yeah. So, um, the, the point <laughs> I wanted to come back to is like uh, when you talked earlier about the uh, samurais, the ones yeah, who yeah, discovered yeah. gunpowder. Yeah, yeah. They're the ones who took over all the samurai. No, there's one samurai. Well, well, one samurai. One samurai clan got yeah. gunpowder first. Yeah, and they And killed. then they just went on and kicked, kicked ass but all through Japan. Well, if you look at the banks, yeah, the banks are, they've had yeah. a kushti. But like the first- They have a chance. The first bank that discovers the and allows the ability to have a Bitcoin account next to your bank account with the ability to yeah. store your private keys if you need to, yeah. uh, but also allows for stable coins and and- Moves into this real world, they will be the winner. But what's going to happen is, I don't think it's going to be one of these legacies. I think it's going to be a strike or a, I swear to some guy the other or day. Or some hybrid, maybe. Yeah, some hybrid, hybrid. Or, or I think there'll be some consolidation. But they I keep. I think Fidelity's been really aggressive in, That's true. In, in picking it up soon. I mean, like, it's not, I mean, it's, we don't know if it's, it's going to be like slowly than suddenly, you know? Yeah. You know, but they're avoiding revenues. the reality. Yeah. Whereas, you can see someone like um, Bukele in El Salvador getting criticized by economists and mainstream media. Yeah. What else can they say? What, what else can they say? But yeah. like, he is most likely going to be proven correct. In, in three months, he has released an application. Whether or not you agree that it's centralized, the point is he's released an app that banks, everyone in the country who hasn't got a bank, they can download the Chivo app. And they can accept dollars and Bitcoin, and they can move between them, and they can get their own wallets and move off. He just gave everyone in the country a bank account. You get and their own bank account. Yeah, and with with a country with seventy percent of the population do not have a bank account. But now they do. Now they do. You can't and, say that fact anymore. And they can, <laughs> but they can increase their trade. You know, like yeah. you've got local businesses like you know, shops, pupus, or is, but yeah. maybe someone there in El Salvador is producing a good that can be exported, right? And and, and they've got that facility now. He's put fifty chivo machines. In the U.S., for where there are densities of Salvadorans, oh, for like remittance. yeah, where there are densities Genius. of Salvadorans who can Genius. send money straight back. Genius, yeah, routing around Western Union. Western Union admitted they're going to lose four hundred million dollars of business just from El Salvador. Just from El Salvador. Uh, wow, you know, he's encouraged Bitcoin companies all want to invest there. 
All the Bitcoiners are taking holidays. Everyone there. I know is talking about buying a house in El Salvador. Yeah. Not to like move the markets or anything like that. But seriously, it's... But he's foreseeing this. So like, I know there's discussions at the moment whether or not he's a dictator, a benevolent dictator or yeah. just whatever to be seen. But he is moving the needle forward for that country. He's recognized yeah. this market transformation. And Doesn't he have like 97% approval rate or something, like something crazy high? But that makes it easy to do things that might prove to be a mistake in the future. Could be, yeah. But, yeah. but to be seen. But, yeah. but the point is, he, you know, outside of that, he has moved the needle forward. He's recognized this transformation. Yeah. In, in having Article 7 in the, um, in the Bitcoin law, okay. the reason he, I spoke to him about this and he said, I, I did this because I've got five banks here. They're all billion dollar banks. He said, if I don't put this in the law, they don't accept Bitcoin because they're banks. Now, every one of them has to provide every service to be paid for in Bitcoin. They have to do it. Yeah. And that's on top of Starbucks, McDonald's. It was awesome to see McDonald's. Like the, I saw on Twitter someone showed their McDonald's bill. They have to accept. So now you have like... Dude, it's on the screen. You know the yeah. screens where you order? Yeah. I, I, thought I thought you'd go to the till, they'll give you a QR code, which you can. Yeah. But you can actually pay on the screen. It pops up a open node and you can scan a QR code. I was like... Yeah. And if they can do that there on that screen, that, that software's global. Yeah. So he's got global companies now accepting Bitcoin, Walmarts, and they did it in three months. Yeah, they did it quicker than the exchanges have accepted Lightning. That's what true, I'm yeah. saying. A little bit. You can move quick. A little more power there. Well, yeah, but you can move yeah. quick. It's possible to do it. Yeah, and he's transformed a whole country in three months to be a Bitcoin nation. Whatever you think of him or whatever, it's fucking impressive, and he's yeah. stepped ahead of them all. If if they can see some serious. Traction, not not traction, but like benefits to the, the people. You know, who knows what they will. I mean, like, I think for the world there needs to be a second con- country. Yeah, agree. I mean, like, there's a, a really neat thing on leadership, and and um, I do some lecturing at the university on negotiation leadership and stuff. And it's the follower that defines the leader. Like, we need someone to follow that, follow him in, in this way. So it'd be good to he makes enough traction to really pull another emerging market, you know, leader into that. Well, we're getting That'd close. Be important, yeah. Um, Cuba and Ukraine are both. Um, they've uh, they've not made it legal tender, but they've legalized yeah. the ownership of the asset. Right. The, the, there's a guy in Paraguay who's <clears throat> going. He's mm-hmm. running for presidency. He right. says he will make it legal tender if it is. Oh, really? Yeah. Like a platform as a platform as a platform. Like oh, that'll be interesting if it's like a leadership platform in in some countries. That well, what what do you think? I mean, it's what Ted Cruz is doing, right? Is he saying that? Well, I don't. I don't think he's saying it. I don't to think he can go that far. What I'm saying is, he's. I think he he's definitely became out as pro crypto. Yeah, and I think he did it because he recognized it's, it's a very Texas idea, and it's good for votes. I don't believe yeah. he just suddenly was orange pilled overnight. Good for money too. Good There's a money. lot of people with um, you know, yeah. significant you know balance sheets that want Bitcoin to succeed. But if that's the route to orange pill him, that's great. And then uh, I think it's in is it Costa Rica. There's a presidential candidate. They tried to orange pill at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying, like, it, it feels like the dom- the second domino isn't too far away. Maybe. It feels like. Maybe. I think that, I mean, there's dark forces, though, you know. Yeah. You have, like, you know, major countries and major governmental organizations which are coming out against that. So, I mean, like, and they have a lot of power. I mean, we've seen Americans' power and... IMF's power, all these, 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 they may or may not accept it or like it or, or whatnot, but so, and they're really run by people that don't fully understand the implications yet, you know, so. Or maybe they do, that's why they're or maybe powerful they do, yeah. forces. Yeah. 
Um, could be, could be that they do. I think yes, Bitcoin is a powerful force. But we you know, it's really interesting because you know, yeah. if you if you believe in like Bitcoin as a as a as a money, or you believe in um, Bitcoin as Internet of Money, um, it's like a gun. You know, in the the gunpowder revolution, just take it full circle, which mm. is like, you know, the gun is not a political instrument. It's just a tool that you use or not. So they may hate it now, but they may realize in a month or a year or 10 years that, oh, I should be using this tool or this weapon mm -hmm. to make me stronger. Well, the interesting thing about the US as well, I, I, yeah. my, but my guess is that has one of the highest densities of Bitcoin ownership. Sure. Um, I'm guessing, yeah. Got a lot of companies here, a lot of investment. Yeah. They're ahead of everyone else. And yeah. by over-regulating, they're going to push the money and the companies into other jurisdictions. Could be. I mean, like, I think that, the, I mean, like, this is a critical point. I mean, if you look at the last 12 months of, of, of Bitcoin and even, ex, you know, further crypto, um, Involvement you've seen, especially Bitcoin. I mean, you've seen Wall Street really start to accept it. Um, XPTO, we've invested in a um, an, an international bank. Um, we have um, we've seen we've seen um, you know Ray Dalio, Stan Druckenmiller, Mass Mutual, uh, MicroStrategy, Tesla. Um, uh, Dan Tapiero has raised a fund just investing in Bitcoin companies, I mean, like, or crypto companies. I mean, Wall Street has really started to accept this. And that's that's where this transformation is going to start. You know, basically, as these, and that means a lot, because that means that there's so much bought in to the power base, you know, the money power base, that that can basically influence um, both people and governments in a, in a different way than it did before those last 24 months. You know, we should do your crypto thesis then. I interrupted you on. Right? A moment. Can do it. What's my crypto Actually, thesis? Let's well, tell. Let's talk about it. It's, so it's interesting because, in, and you were, you were telling us that beforehand, but it's come an interesting time where me and Danny this week, we, yeah, we, this is the first time we've hung out together. We've worked together for three years and we've talked a lot. So does he get a promotion now, or is he more? Oh, he's like just had one. Okay, he just had one. <laughs> this is it. This is it. Yeah, um, but it, we've, we've been good job, Danny. We've been talking uh, a lot about like. Bitcoin, yeah. crypto, Bitcoin versus crypto. Right. Uh, what does it mean? Well, what does it mean? And like, not only what does it mean, what is the best way to approach it f to help people understand Bitcoin and move forward to the future? I'm a Bitcoiner. Yeah. I only hold Bitcoin. I, I can think of scenarios where I maybe own Monero and perhaps need the use of a stablecoin, but really, I, I just use Bitcoin for now. Yeah, I don't stable see stablecoins are important. So, I, yeah. no, I get that they're important, yeah. but I just I haven't had a need for them. Yeah, um, I see them as the bridge. Fine. Yeah, and, and I and I can see a, a definite use for someone in Argentina. A big, a big bridge. <laughs> but I can see a use for someone in Argentina wanting to hold some sure. dollar stablecoins. Sure, sure. But but it's this whole bank account thing. Is another, yeah. another reason. Yeah. Um, but I. And that goes deep into deep finance. There's a lot of things in, in the financial world which are changing on lending and um, industry supporter. I was talking to Kevin yeah. O'Leary about it yeah. the other day, but but just to, to get to where I was saying this, like, thesis. I, I, yeah. So I've been very much a Bitcoiner. I've on the spectrum of like 
maximalist We've toxic. <laughs> well, no, but, 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 but like I've been fully toxic, yelling at shit corners, calling everything a shit. Yeah, that's corner. great. That's great. It gets tiring, and yeah. uh, having tra- you know traveled, spent time with people, and talking through it, I actually sometimes think, what is the net result? If the net result of yelling at people or criticizing shit coins does not stop them investing in uh, altcoins, but pushes them away from Bitcoin, is the net result worse? I stand by. Well, the, do they really push? I mean, they're already away. Um, but do you do, do do you bring them back by having created this narrative that Bitcoin is boomer? Look, Bitcoin wins anyway. I think all roads lead to Bitcoin. Could be, but for your own mental health, career, and trying to help support Bitcoin, are you better? Well, Given Bitcoin a, needs uh, it needs the um, that's one of the like Michael Saylor's comment. I mean, and and saying you know like it needs those cyber hornets. It needs yeah. the people, and they act just like Amazon's thousand employees that just do everything for Amazon or Google's thousand employees that did that you know early on because um, there's no employees of Bitcoin, right? There's all these people that support it, um, you know. And Bitcoin is the strongest network. It's never there was a really neat post by Jameson Lott the other day where he, he, oh no, no, it was, um, it was Paulo from, from Tether, I think it was. They said that he had been, no, at Bitfinex, where yeah. they've, they were testing all the different um, nodes and Bitcoin is the only one they never have to touch. The other ones they have to reset every month or two. <laughs> you know? so, so it, it does have some history as being yeah. the strongest. Uh, you know? and, in, and if you're like me or, or like you, we believe that it could become uh, international money or an international, you know, like, um, central bank money, or even you know, could could be one of those things. Um, I believe it, it will, but I mean, there's a lot of things that can change in in life, and I I learned that personally. But then you have, well, is the node you the need best? innovation also? But is the node the the Bitcoin node the best because Bitcoin is, has amazing core developers working on it who are well funded, or is it because of? Uh, I think cyber it's, hornets. No, I think it's the it's the, it's the purpose and the mentality. Yeah. So when you think of when we we just did a visioning session at XBTO and we we worked on core purpose and what sort of values of the company, like what do we believe in as people, and then we move quickly into what's our goal for three years, five years, seven years, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think Bitcoin, the definition of Bitcoin is that um, it's it's its thesis is move glacially slow. And designed for inevitability. That's the Bitcoin thesis. And then you have everything else is Silicon Valley method, which is design hyper fast, break that shit, make it work, you know, work on the financing, work on new ideas, which is useful because what happens is you have these layer zeros that we called, and you know I won't mention the the word that you the the one that you didn't want me to mention, but <laughs> you, have these, uh, you can say Kadada. you can like bleep that out earlier. Yeah, no, you can say Kadada. <laughs> like like uh, yeah, yeah, no. there are. I, I understand. Like I'm not going to pick a winner when you yeah, say yeah. this conversation, but but I, I don't know the winner. I mean, none of us know what's going to win or not. Yeah, I think we feel that that. I mean, I think that thesis makes Bitcoin hard to beat. Mm. It's hard to you know. There's a famous saying: it's hard to beat someone that never gives up. And Bitcoin's never going to give up. Mm. Then these other things are innovation clusters for applications because Bitcoin's not designed to have applications on top of its layer one. 
you know, you need like um, Blockstream's uh, Liquid or you need um, Lightning Network or you mm-hmm. need a couple other things. And now we have Taproot, which is allowing smart contracts. So it's getting closer. But why did that happen? Because we because the Bitcoin Core realized that Ethereum and all these other layer twos are doing getting a lot of traction by having really all the smart contracts already there. And so like um, I look at to repeat the thesis was is that Bitcoin is the people's future money or the or even the bank's money. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. the it's the global potential solid asset, the people's money, we would say. And then the layer zeros or layer ones, sorry, it's not layer zero. Layer ones are um, the people's application layer, decentralized or an argument, yeah, perm- permissionless, permissionless application layers, which is amazing. And but Bitcoin is a permissionless application, like Internet of Money, I would say. Mm-hmm. So Bitcoin is the Internet of Money, the people's Internet of Money. Next is the permissionless application layer, permission, permissionless, and then the the shit coins are the people's like Silicon Valley. You know, it's the the people's um, innovation system, where anyone permission permit permissionlessly. Permissionlessly. Is that a word? Without permission? Permissionlessly. Can we make up a word? We can we'll call it, we'll word. make up a word. Yeah. So people can permissionlessly. <laughs> <laughs> people can, without people without permission can raise a bunch of capital, yeah. have a bunch of people working. Um, if it's a great idea or if it has a lot of support, have you know more people working on it. Test ideas. They might, I mean, like there needs to be regulation. There needs to be, you know, I'm, our firm is very much a pro-regulation, pro, you know, do it the right way type of firm. You know, we're an institutional player, but in the VC fund that I, that I run and the new one that I'm raising, um, you know, we're looking for people that break things also because that's where good ideas germinate. Well, this yeah. this pulls on that. Why yeah. pro-regulation? Because Obviously, there's people in the Bitcoin world who hate regulation. They're going to go, yeah, yeah. fuck this guy. He's yeah, yeah, what do they call it? Anarchic capitalist. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. What does it mean to be pro-regulation? I'm like, I'm pro-rules. Let's put it that way. Like, you can't win. A, it's like, let's say you were on the pitch for football, or soccer mm-hmm. for the Americans. I, I live in Europe now for 12 years, so I can, you can say, say football, football with a straight I knew exactly face. what yeah, you meant. exactly. I wasn't thinking of the egg. Everyone in the room is British, so I'm like, you know, they're getting used to my... No, he's a yank. Oh, yeah, good. I'll take the upgrade. Yeah, great. Upgrade, yeah. <laughs> we have the, uh, the the upgraded language, you know, accent, so. Um, no, so imagine a, a football pitch, and, but instead of having rules, you just said, okay, go and play. You can't play. You can't play a game without rules, right? So it's not that I want lots of regulation. It's that I want the governments to make a claim. Okay, you're going to be a government. You want to have Bitcoin. You want to have rules around Bitcoin. Let's, ha- let's hear them. Mm-hmm. Make the list. Okay, then this is not the country for me. I'll go to this country. Or this is not the place where I should domicile my business. I'll go to this country. I mean, like, the game is up. I mean, basically, we're at this moment of transformation in transformational markets. And, like, our fund is international. We have investments in Unicoin in India, RelayPay in Australia. We're about to make a Nigerian investment next this month. Um, South America, Europe, Northern Europe, Bermuda, United States, Silicon Valley, New York City, we're totally agnostic with location. Has and the COVID, jig is up. Has COVID accelerated the transformation because companies have realized they do not need to have an office? I think for sure with other, I mean, we were already on that thesis. Yeah. I mean, like day one, we've been a fairly remote, I mean, we do have offices, so we go, I mean, you need to be around people. Yeah. But um, 
and our our planning was like the day that COVID lockdown happened, we had zero break in our trading systems, in our our firm, our weekly meetings, you know, all these things. Nothing changed because we were ready for that. That's how we already operate. Right. But I think that the um, the world is at the cusp of this transformation, which is markets are getting permissionless and trading is, you know, like it's a bunch of new technology and which government is more ready and less ready. They got to get their shit together. Yeah. So, and they got to make rules, which is why I say pro-regulation, yeah. which is, and I think U.S. has been quite good, actually. I mean, I may, maybe some people disagree. Way better than Europe. Yeah, Europe is, Europe is, Europe is a disaster yeah. right now in their, in their understanding of Bitcoin and crypto and what to do next and the innovation system, yeah. Back, back to help. the thesis. because I like Europe, just yeah. for the European powers. Then, Me you know, too. Like, I like it there. I have a passport there, so it's a, you know, it's a good place. <laughs> it's exactly like, look, we can compare. And, and I want to help them invest more. So, yeah. Yeah. And we can compare and contrast Europe and the US because there are certain differences. Yeah. Um, but, but just back on the thesis, the thing I like about the, th- the thesis is what you were saying is that sometimes like where things happen in crypto world, they don't happen in Bitcoin and then they come to Bitcoin and people suddenly like it. Right. You go to my YouTube comments and people are like, "Oh, now it's on Bitcoin. You like it?" I, I think this this idea that <laughs> that that like the crypto world is this place to test innovation. You figure out what works, what doesn't, and then it comes to Bitcoin. It's kind of interesting because it could be. Yeah, you know, um, there well, is there's a, there's a it's, we're talking about almost three trillion dollar market mm-hmm. now. Yeah, and le- like one third of that is Bitcoin, right? Okay. So, but but the idea that, for example. Um, uh, you've got the security tokens starting to, yeah. to appear on Liquid now. You've got yeah, NFTs yeah. starting to appear on Liquid. Yeah. The idea that these things can appear on Lightning. I think the idea isn't so much about, oh, it's on Bitcoin, I like it. It's on Ethereum, I hate it. It's more like my implicit trust in the Bitcoin base chain. How is, how trustworthy is the chain? Yeah, how and, 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 and the longevity. So let me just, sorry, let me just... So, for example, we've seen something like Uniswap be hugely successful. Yep. Um, I don't. I, I I foresee it's more likely that we get a version of uh, uh, people trading real stocks. Yeah. Uh, the companies that would invest in that and perhaps would trust it built on a Bitcoin layer a bit more than they would trust built on a maybe you know, maybe smart, yeah smart contract platform because perhaps for well, the, the longevity. Taproot is smart contract platform, right? True, so, but I'm thinking just because yeah, Liquid has that as well. Well, the uptime and longevity. So if yeah. you look at the, we've had the uptime failures of Solano and yeah. Ethereum, and yeah, you know, recently, I, I just think perhaps if it can be done in a more robust way on Bitcoin, people would trust it more. So, so I think technically, I mean, you're in the bubble too. We're in the we're in the Bitcoin. Like you know, we were just, you know, we were at the parties this weekend, and we're going to Mainnet, and last week we were down in, in Miami, and we're going to Bitcoin Magazine's event, and. In March and CFC, you know, like all these things. So mm-hmm. we're in it. Um, you know, how many people actually know that Solana went down, or, or you know, like that's that's this kind of core group of people. Um, I think you're right, which is it's going to move to the most trustworthy. You know, things will move to the most trustworthy place, and Bitcoin can keep that theme. The mm-hmm. move glacially slow and designed for inevitability. They're gonna they're gonna get a lot of that stuff, mm. and and but meanwhile. There's a thousand companies that have to exist outside that, and if you look at stablecoins as a good example, start on Omni on Bitcoin's mm-hmm. network because that's where it was created when Phil Potter invented it and when he was at um, Bitfinex and, and Tether, and then they realized that this stablecoin doesn't care, 
what platform it's on. Mm-hmm. Stablecoin can be on any platform. So Tether is on, you know, on Ethereum, and then it was on Tron, and then you know it's on everything. And mm-hmm. the, it, Tether became its own entity, literally separated from the layer. So why wouldn't NFTs become that? You know, you have your Ether rocks, but do they actually have to sit on Ether? You know, can you have NFT platforms be floating and pop between whatever is the most trustworthy layer? I don't know. I don't know about. I, you know. I did meet the the CEO of OpenSea this this weekend, and fantastic guy, amazing visionary. I mean, like, could mm. you know there could be. Stuff. I think he needs a better HR policy. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, the front runner, the guy you, you saw about. That. I didn't see the news. I, ah, I so, heard there was something. So I, I'm 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 bad at news because I don't yeah. watch the news so much. Well, this one you can miss on Twitter. So I can't yeah. remember which employer who who was it, Danny. He was like one of the guys in the company was front running uh, but that, the yeah. trades. And he kept his job because they didn't have a policy saying you can't front run. Yeah. But I was kind of like... He's now resigned. Oh, he's now resigned. Yeah, so he didn't lose his job because they didn't have a policy. And I was like, well, what if... What if he gets caught jerking off in the toilets and they don't have a policy that you can't jerk off in the toilets? Does he keep his job? Like, Do you have a policy at, yeah, at no your joke. firm for that? No jerking off in the okay. toilets. Okay. It's just not allowed. Just so you guys know, there's yeah. a, there is a policy there is at a policy. McCormick Enterprises. A, yeah. <laughs> but like the point being, it was like, it seemed like such a like pathetic thing to say. He, you front run your customers. Yeah, but that's, I mean, that's an employee. That's not the yeah, firm. But I mean, they have to but, say, I mean, they, have, they learn from this, I'm guessing. And, you know, I don't want to. I think entrepreneurs and CEOs are, are an important breed, especially in our space. Yeah. You know, to to give you know, like I don't want to, I don't know anything about the situation, yeah. right? And I do know that that's probably overblown. If I if I look at most, you know, Dilbert situations, companies are inept in general. Mm-hmm. So you got to be able to fix. And one of my core theses as a human is that, you know, people that can change their mind are the highest form of human. And and then people that can people don't uh, like it when you change your mind. It's yeah, funny. people hate. You know, that that's how you know that it's not an AI because an AI thinks logically. People are not logical, right? So, you know, the and and the other thing is to, is to is to give um, entities or organizations a chance to correct. You know, like you don't want to get into this kind of cancel culture for everything. Like, okay, these guys, there was a mess up there. Well, last year, no one even knew NFTs were anything. So, like. Front running. I don't know the policies or what I would have put in, but now it's it went from like zero to a bazillion <laughs> in no time. So I mean, as a CEO, like you know, how can how can we know all the policies to put in place? And what I mean so, is, like, yeah. it was major news. I think you should. I think you should have been fired. <laughs> yeah, so it perhaps be. perhaps <laughs> perhaps it's like some HR thing because we don't have a policy, therefore I can't fire him. But I mean, definitely in some European countries, that would definitely have been the case. Yeah, it's a lot harder to fire someone yeah. in Europe, especially if they've had a job for two two years. Yeah, there's like, you can't do anything. <laughs> you literally yeah, you cannot like, do anything. You totally suck, but you know we're going to keep you on for yeah, another forever. Two more, two years of sucking for yeah. no reason. So. And if you work for the government, you get you get to stay yeah. for another forty years and get full yeah. pension. Well, I want I, I want to remember because we were talking about the form market transformation stuff, and I have a, a key metaphor that I want to I want to say. Okay, just go backwards. Is that um, we talk about Silicon Valley, this kind of concept, and I just wanted to mention that, like, it's, I was an investment banker at UBS, and I was not, and I was doing like um, fintech in Europe. And mm-hmm. It's like, oh, this is like, this is bollocks. 
Excuse my British. It's just how, how, did I, how did I do? Um, so that's pretty good. This bollocks because uh, because it's boring. It's like you're going to do fintech and it's payments. That's what fintech was. Yeah, you're paying people and like I was like I want to do something that's meaningful and like what and like maybe should be in life science or and then I went to, to Sweden and I did you know venture capital for a while before I did venture capital with Homeland Expedio, um, and that was exciting times. But now Bitcoin changes. So now Internet of Money is a human transformation. Concept. So we're investing in these in these cool things. But here's the analogy: is that if you were in venture capital in the '90s and the 2000s, like we can all agree that that would have been a great time to be a venture capitalist. Very good. Like you made a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Like if you were if you were an LP in Madrona, and they found the first investment for Amazon, that was a good fun to be in. Or you were in Excel when they got found Facebook, you know, one of the you know, in Google or whatnot. That was those were amazing times. And if you think about Amazon and Netflix. Netflix took Blockbuster out. Amazon took out first Barnes and Noble, and then everything in consumers, everything else, everything else. yeah, everything. And Google um, took out a new concept called Search. I mean, they took out Yahoo, and then they made Search. Alta Vista. Alta Vista. They yeah, made a new comps. And essentially, TV TV advertising is now minuscule. Yeah, because most people get their advertising via Google or the, the internet in some way. That was a um, that was a $1.5 trillion market mm-hmm. that got transformed in this venture capital era of the 90s and the 2000s. $1.5 trillion. I say, okay, well, now we're done. Like, venture capital's done. Why would we be in that business? That's my business, my whole, my day-to-day life. And then we look, and then we fast forward and say, like, what about financial markets? Mm-hmm. If you think about um, asset management, investment products, contracts and trade payments, um, banking, wealth management, this whole financial markets thing. That's a $22.5 trillion market that's about to get the same decimation that happened in the consumer markets. And what are the VCs that are targeting that space? I mean, there's like five of us or 15 of us. I mean, now there's a lot of new VCs coming up, but do they have Mm -hmm. the... Do they have the ability for liquidity and network and the relationships that we have already? So there's a lot of me too's as well. But this is an order of magnitude bigger opportunity in venture capital and for us as a a community of of people having fun and and with good relationships. What what is the transformation? Is it is it 24-7-365 markets? Is it is it final settlement of assets? Final yeah, finality. I mean, like that's what we said, we were talking about, like what you know. What's happening? Is it the transformation markets? Transformation markets is critical um, to our thesis. You know, with 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 internet of money, Bitcoin, blockchain, AI, communications. These three things are going to transform markets, identity, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So that's a huge opportunity. From a, you know, people say, "Oh, why don't you just do coins and that kind of stuff?" Well, there's a lot of companies that have to exist. You know, just like you know, in the gold rush, you had Levi's and Wells Fargo and you know, those are the companies you remember from the gold rush. You don't remember the mining company that, you know, went up there in, in Lake Tahoe and it's like, you know, pulling gold out. So this, this is the first step, but that financial transformation is going to change everything in society. Because what happens when we have permissionless, like NFTs, they sound like, I don't, I don't understand them completely, mm-hmm. but you can own a thing besides Bitcoin or, or another um, that is sitting outside of any jurisdiction. Share certificate. Yeah, it's a share certificate, essentially, of an of an asset. How, how do you? What happens with 
the legal enforcement of share certificates in 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 those scenarios. You mean NFTs or yeah? So so if your share certificate was an NFT and you're holding it on your ledger. That's cool. Yeah, That's a good like, idea. It's, it's cool. It's interesting. Idea. Idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I like the idea of that. I, if you're an entrepreneur doing that, you know, well, send, imagine, me, send me your pitch. <laughs> no, but, but imagine we were having dinner and you're like, you know, uh, you should invest. Better in be a thing. good dinner. Steaks. It'd be a good dinner. Yeah, good. yeah. And you're like, uh, did you want to invest in XBTO? And I was like, yeah. And you're like, well, I can save you $10,000 of my shares and I send you $10,000 of Bitcoin and you send me the NFT of the share like in that moment. Aha, right, right, yeah. Like what I'm saying is that the fact that we can do that peer-to-peer and yeah. I have it's like carted to the next level. Yeah, you know, I have like that asset. You have the is, cap table, and you can actually hit a button, and then you get all these. But but where's the, where? But those it, are not NFTs, really. They're more fungible. Well, it's yeah, semi fungible. Semi fungible. But the point SF being is, SF NFTs. But what's the new coin term? What's the legal? <laughs> how's that legal enforced? Where's the legal enforcement of that come from? That's what well, I. Well, you choose. Think. I mean, in in any contract, you choose your jurisdiction, right? You either choose or yeah. you're by default. Like we're here, and but the, but if we make saying? a personal agreement right now, like a verbal agreement, it's legally enforceable in the United States. Okay. And we're in the United States, so it'd be the default jurisdiction. I guessing. I'm not a lawyer, but or we can say let's agree that our agreement is in some jurisdiction. You can't have a non-jurisdictional enforceable contract unless it's a smart contract, because then it's not having some. It's having a computer do it. Yeah. What, what, what's Which the, is really cool. <laughs> what's the role of the SEC in all of this? Because it, sometimes I feel like they, or they would claim they bring order to markets. Sometimes they feel like they hold markets back, certainly on the ETF side of things at the moment, they seem to be holding the US back. Well, we want that to go. We invest in Valkyries, so we're okay. really excited. I and mean, those guys, I mean, Leah and Steve are amazing entrepreneurs. I mean, amazing. Like, oh, yeah, you met, I thought that Steve was on here, right? I love so, both of them. Yeah, well, yeah. I came with Steve to your your place. And yeah, yeah. I haven't seen Leah for a while, but I think they're yeah. great. Yeah, heroic team. And and we're actively, you know, supporting that. And so I'd like to see them do it. As, so what's the question? The what's question the role was, of the SEC in this? Is what's like, the problem with the it, SEC or what is well, what is their role? Do, in this transformation of markets yeah. and... Uh, Hyper Bitcoinized world, does the SEC become delegitimized and or is it important to question. have? <laughs> or is it important to have? Because you also then say you like rules. Well, I don't say I like rules. Oh, you, you, I say we need rules, rules to you play a rules. game. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm the last person to say I like the rules. I'm just saying that I need to know what the rules are in order to win the game. But do do we want rules centralized by someone like the SEC? Well, if it's in the transformation of, I mean, I think we have horizons. There's like the one and two year horizon. There's mm-hmm. the 10-year horizon, and then there's the like 20 infinity horizon. And it's easy to predict things maybe in the kind of like a five to 10 horizon, but mm-hmm. it's really hard infinity and it's hard in the one, mm-hmm. right? Or maybe some people say it's easier in the one. What's the SEC's role? That's a really good question. Um, the SEC's role is clearly you know out for the consumer. And I think that's their, I think that's their actual, you know, they believe that. They want that to be the case. Now, if they have the internal tool sets and the knowledge and the and the incentive systems to do that properly, I think the biggest problem in most society, in most people, is incentive systems. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people in politics, I won't say which side or whatnot, just lack the understanding that incentives drive humans. If you put the wrong incentives in, you get the wrong results. Period. You know, it doesn't matter if you want this to be the case because it's good for the, you know, the ESG reason or the um, the financial reason or the social reason. The incentives drive human behavior. You know, it's it's you know, like if I give you a cookie, you're gonna do something to get that cookie. If I give you a poison, you're gonna do something to avoid that poison. 
I definitely want the cookie. I didn't bring any cookies. I did Damn. bring it. You I bought bloody liver. Did I bring it? I did. I did, I did actually you bring it. liver, but no cookies. I brought, a, I brought, a, I brought the Beef liver. liver. <laughs> it's a carnivore, really. But it's very healthy. It's like the most nutritious food in the planet. I, I'm right? never, so. I don't think I'm going to ever walk around with beef liver. I love my cookies. I think we're going to get to the, to the, we're gonna to get the to transformation food. of everything, the, the human, the, the health hacking well, we, we that should, I do. We should, but I did like that point whereby you were saying previously about um, it's almost like you were don't judge about, me because I eat liver. It was like you were talking about proof of work, basically, and that's yeah. the great thing about Bitcoin. I love it's proof like, of work. The great thing about Bitcoin is the incentive system. Yeah, like very well. It's the most well thought out incentive system of all time. Because it's one rather than rather than having a a, a room of ten people creating complex rules that try and make everything balance for hundreds of millions of people, what you've got is uh, a, a small system with two or three very important rules that everyone else has to adapt to. It's like parenting. Yeah. You can't give your, your kid like a hundred rules. There's like three or four. Stick with those. Figure everything else out. Everything else you got to figure out. Good judgment better be one of them. But. Next up, I talked to Greg more about financial transformation and Bitcoin. But before that, I do have a message from my amazing show sponsors. Okay, let's talk about Exodus Wallet, who I am using as my mobile and desktop wallet for my Bitcoin. Now, regular listeners know, especially the ones who hear these ads every week, UX is super important to me. I think UX makes Bitcoin a lot easier for no coiners to come in to learn about Bitcoin and use Bitcoin. So when Exodus reached out to me, I spent some time playing with the app and they crushed it, which is why I'm happy to recommend it to you, my friends and my family. Now, Exodus Desktop gives you a way to secure and manage your Bitcoin in one beautiful application. And with their mobile wallet, you can send and receive safely using a QR code or address known that Exodus automatically checks all addresses for errors. So make sure you check it out yourself at exodus.com or search for Exodus in the Google or Apple app stores. Also, let's talk about Casa, the safest way for you to store your Bitcoin. Now, listen, Bitcoin's mooning again. And if you have not got a Casa multi-sig wallet, it's something you really should be thinking about. Because forgotten passwords, SIM swaps and phishing attacks, there are just too many ways for your Bitcoin to be lost or stolen. But with a Casa multi-sig wallet, you never have to worry about your Bitcoin again because a Casa multi-sig wallet allows you, as a Bitcoiner, to take custody of your Bitcoin. But you only move Bitcoin by signing transactions from multiple wallets and you get to distribute these wallets into different locations, which is going to protect you from a range of mistakes, errors and vulnerabilities. Now, I have been a customer for over a year, so if you've got any questions, you can hit me up in my DMs or drop me an email. There is no better time to upgrade your Bitcoin security and get total peace of mind. You can find out more at keys.casa which is K-E-Y-S dot C-A-S-A. And lastly, let's talk about Sportsbet.io, the very best place for online gaming. Do you know why? Why they accept Bitcoin. Yes, you can deposit your Bitcoin on Sportsbet.io and go out there and make a few bets. Now, the football season is well underway. It's been a great start. Liverpool doing pretty well. Tottenham have had a ropey middle bit. It's kind of going how we want it. But look, even if you don't like football, Sportsbet have got you covered. Alongside football, they support tennis, they support motorsports, US sports, they even have esports. And for new customers, they always have a range of promotions available. So if you want to find out more, please head over to sportsbet.io forward slash promotions, which is S-P-O-R-T-S-B-E-T.io forward slash promotions. But listen, transformation of everything. The, yeah. There's so many things I'm interested. The two ones I'm primarily interested in is transformation of governance. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I've talked a lot about the show. I'm not an anarcho-capitalist. Right. Um, yeah, I, th- I saw. I thought. Uh, I forgot the guy's name. What was his name? I've said it so many times. But yeah. yeah. Um, and the other thing is the transformation of media. Like, m- for me, the mainstream media needs to happen. Yeah, it needs to happen. 
it's an absolute fucking shit show right now. Yeah. Uh, Will it self-correct or does it need something? I, I just I think the the economics changed because the advertising model's changing. Well, the economics yeah. for them totally has gone upside down. Yeah, and I think people they only get their money from pharmaceutical companies. Well, I think people realize they're being lied to. Yep. More and more, and they there's other sources they can trust. But there is also a war between the mainstream media and the independents. You know, Joe Rogan does something, the mainstream media attacks him. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's an interesting there's war a, at the moment. All those, all the independent, and that's why I like the Twitter sphere so much. Yeah, like even just like Srinivas, you know, he's a VC guy that does deep research. He ends up being a better journalist than any actual journalist. Yeah, which is which is great, and we've yeah. got a, a lot of people like that. But it's just, I think a lot of the uh, poor discourse in society we've attributed some to social media. Mm-hmm. I think we have to actually attribute it to the media companies, corporate media, corporate media. I'll call it corporate media, which it's is not- pretty much if all, all the majority of media. I mean, look, I, I get well. The old days there was a, a a big guy that owned the media, and then he sold it to the corporations. Yeah. Now it's like essentially middle management. And their incentives, you know, their incentives are profit and appeasing their boss. There's no incentives to help them do good media. With lower margins. Lower margins. Lower margins. Uh, there are, there's some stuff I like in the FT that I think's okay, but they cover Bitcoin badly. Uh, uh, I think they have a couple different tracks on Bitcoin, yeah. Yeah, there's some things I think that Reuters and Associated Press do that I trust more than other sources. Okay. Yeah. But also some of the more independent stuff seem to seem to be less independent because I it's very hard to know to pick a source. But there's a I mean I don't know if I'm going to answer a question the way you want me to. Mm. Um, I don't know the answer to this. I think it's a huge problem. I think media is most of me, corporate media is a poison, mm-hmm. you know. Um, not that it's wrong or right that just has bad incentive systems and there's just impossible to give any sort of knowledge in seven minutes. I mean, that's the biggest problem. It's not a medium that works. Um, But, you know, Innovator's Dilemma, which is Clay Christensen's great work from decades ago. I mean, like I'm a student of, 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 that was my consulting before I became a banker, is that, you know, the innovator is almost never the incumbent. It just doesn't happen. Right, and the incentives don't work. You know, if you're making a billion dollars on this product, you're not going to invent the product that puts that billion dollar revenue source out of business. And I think we're at that moment where there's a lot of people trying to do new media. Um, I mean, the, the the obvious one is is your business. You know, Peter McCormick, you and and um, Joe Rogan, and all these other. Um, I don't know which ones you like or don't like, but there's the podcasting world is is platform independent. And it's become a new media source, which is fantastic. This long format, it's probably the most valuable part of media, I can imagine, is long format podcasting is the most valuable thing that the society has right now. But it scales. It scales, it's there forever. It's good financially for you, perfect incentives. It's good for um, us, the, the people that are blessed to have the invitation from you. It's good for the viewer. Long format has a whole... You, you get through all the stuff the PR firm told you to say in like the first five minutes. You know, like okay, well now what? So you have to get to the real stuff. You know, you, if someone's not accepting a long format interview in politics or media or whatever, you have to be questioning like why? I think, what are they scared of? Like what? What is the reason that we're not going deep? You know. And I think it's trying to watch two people wrestle through a difficult subject. 
is yeah. something that I think a lot of people can relate to. There's a lot of complicated problems in society right now. Yeah. Uh, COVID is hugely complicated. Yeah, yeah. How, how to manage COVID, how to manage hospitals, vaccines, do they work, don't they work, what age they work, are they damaging for some people, not damaged for others? There's, yeah, a, lot yeah. of, there's yeah, yeah. a lot of complexity. And there's no actual answer to any of those. No, of course. That's the, that's, the, that's the thing that everyone's missing, is that one media source may say there's an answer, and are they actually right? Well, so I'm not going to de- discuss the topic now, but right, right. an interesting one recently, as, and I've received a lot of emails asking me to discuss it. He did say but. I'm not going to Well, no, no, I'm not, not going to debate it. <laughs> well, it's, it's a, so the topic of abortion has come up again recently because of the heartbeat law in Texas. And oh, right, I've right. had maybe 15 emails saying, Pete, will you touch on this topic? Yeah. And I haven't. Uh, and I think it's a, it's a, there's no answer because you either believe... Uh, you are trying to control a woman's body, or you're murdering a baby, and you're like you're one of the. <laughs> it's basically one or the other. Hot, yeah, hot potato and subject. A, yeah. yeah, and it's it's an unwinnable. How, how do? How, and what do you know? What do we know? What do we know? How do you get to the? How, I, you can't understand everything a woman's going through. You can't understand every scenario of an abortion. You can't understand. It's too much to understand. And if you take a position, then you're going to piss someone off. But at least if you're wrestling with these subjects and you go through the complexities, you're doing an infinitely better job of the media and the politicians right. and uh, the social media grifters who weaponize these arguments. They, to they weaponize like a statement. Yeah. Like, like, I think that's what's great. If you can get two really smart people um, that know about that subject. Or a smart one and a moron. We'll take a smart one and a moron. Yeah, or maybe two people that aren't us that actually understand that topic yeah. that you just brought up. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm like so far out of my wheelhouse talking about uh, those things. I mean, like, I, of course we have opinions, but... Um, you know, and I, I think that the the right people to talk about those are two experts, probably two women experts. Yeah, probably. <laughs> you know, it's, it's uh, but it's any. Yeah. My point being is like <laughs> there are so many complex problems. Yeah, and I but on both sides because there's women on both sides of those all those issues. Yes, yeah. it's, it's not us yeah. saying that they're, and for people to realize that there's huge cultures and huge countries that have completely different opinions. But the long form allows you to watch two people wrestle with that. Yeah. And, you know, you can watch one, you, you can find out if you like someone, you think they're authentic or they're not, and you, you skip them in the future. I, we've, like I said, I mentioned earlier, I've got Jack Murphy later on today. He was yeah. just on Tim Paul's show, right, and right. they were talking about vaccines uh, for the kids. And he doesn't want to have his kid vaccinated, but if he doesn't get vaccinated, he can't play varsity sports. And he's wrestling with it. And Tim was like, stand up for this. He's like, yeah, but this is my kid. Like, it was so authentic to see him wrestling with that. It's a huge problem. Rather than going on Twitter and going, and just having like a weaponized binary statement. It makes me super emotional. Like, yeah. thinking about things that we're pressuring our kids to do mm-hmm. that I just don't have the answer to. Mm-hmm. Do you know if it's going to be good for them long-term or short-term? Like, and like, for me, I can make a decision. I'm like, okay, for me, I'm going to... I want to travel, so I will. Hmm. Maybe I'll do it, or maybe I think it's going to save my health. You know, I make my own decision. But if we have a minor kid, you know, I really don't want to do anything that's going to harm him long term. So this is I can understand this his wrestling. Well, because there's going to be some parents out there who don't vaccinate their children and they get COVID very tiny, tiny amount, but they're going to have problems from contracting COVID. Very small number from. From COVID, from, 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 from COVID, and equally, there are going to be some parents who are going to vaccinate their children, and a very small number are going to have a problem with they, the vaccination. Neither a zero risk, and so and what, well, what, actually, both of them are really close to zero. Oh, risk, it's, actually, yeah, yeah. it's like the, the actual the statement. It's is a opposite. rounding error. 
But it's a rounding error yeah. whether they're going to be risky with COVID or without, from what I've read, at least. But yeah. the examples become weaponized. Yes. Depending on which side of the argument. So you'll see about a four-year-old girl getting COVID and dying, and you'll see about a four-year-old girl, have, or like a 12-year-old having the vaccine and being crippled. Having a heart, yeah, yeah, a heart, a heart, heart issue. issue or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so the very tiny... And didn't amounts. NHS just said that they're doing some sort of research on women's... Um, women's um, effects on women's reproductive from yeah, there's, there's lots of things. So there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of unknowns. And when when we have biases and people are trying to weaponize it rather than going through nuance, that's really complicated. And and I don't think there are enough people out there saying, "Hey, I don't fucking know. This is really hard." Right. There's there's but there's a lot of people out there going, "This is definitely wrong." Yeah, I think that I think you can discount anyone that says definite. Yeah. There's nobody. I mean, like, and I think you get into this this whole science question because the the whole definition of science is questioning, yeah, assumption, questioning the known. Yeah, there's no scientific revolution in the history of man that wasn't some guy, one single person, not a consensus, a single person that went against the norm of the science of the moment, Copernicus, Einstein, Galileo, and like all these history of scientists, you know. Most of the Nobel Prize winners at one point in their career were like critiqued for even saying, you know, different from the consensus. Mm. So the, the whole concept of science is to question the existing thing. So if you have a good scientist, it's not necessarily like automatically agreeing with everybody to get funding. It's the one that's going against the. So we need to incentivize that somehow. And everything's changing. Everything's changing. Everything's changing. And science is, I mean, and I think that we're having a, a moment in time where. Things are changing so rapidly, like the internet, like the internet time of the '90s and the 2000s. I was doing you know, startups then. Compared to now, is slow. Our sector, our sector, the you know, like Bitcoin and Internet of Money and crypto, and it's all moving so fast, and that's in turn forcing the hand of all these politicians and CEOs of big companies that don't know anything that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. They're watching all of a sudden a zero market to a three trillion dollar market in less than a decade. There, and that's, you know, we're three out of the twenty-two and a half billion trillion already, and we haven't even gotten going yet. So, and that's going to affect. So, you know, the banks are going to affect the politicians. The politicians are going to affect the people, the government structures, like we talked about. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, government structures are at risk because. People are not sure how these. I mean, there's always the intended technological risk. There's a secondary risk, and then not risk, effect, effect, secondary effect, and then the tertiary effects. Mm -hmm. You know, the the internet was invented, you know, to share files, but it ended up being used for email first, and then eventually for the web. You know, the internet was not invented to have web or email. It was invented to share files, Mm -hmm. and now we've seen that our whole life has changed from the tertiary effect. Not the primary. Mm. So, Internet of Money is going to, like, I think that's what we're talking about is that Bitcoin has sparked a series of changes, which include all shitcoins. Mm-hmm. All the shitcoins are part of the Bitcoin revolution that Satoshi Nakamoto in, initiated. And it's just snapping down society all the way to El Salvador. You know, the, you know, a person on you know in a small town in a village is affected by it already, and we haven't even gotten started. Got to get you down there, man. 
Yeah, I gotta go for yeah, sure. We haven't even started. It's like a, and I think and and it and it goes full circle to how can we make a change? Like, what's important to do? Mm-hmm. I mean, I actually find my job, you know, running in you know, running the fund, investing is important because we're investing in companies and good people that are making change for the future, which are you know half the world is unbanked, and. Um, we need all these tools for the potential new rules that will be created. But the, what everyone can do is, is really focus on their personal responsibility. You know, go down and like in, look inside and say like, how can I be a better person? How can I manage my health? How can I manage my, you know, my own, my own every day? I like the word responsibility. You know, mm-hmm. like what are you doing for yourself? Not for, there's also the people around you, but like, you know, that's why I like this kind of like um, biohacking, like my, my own body, and and mental hacking. You know, I, sp- I you know I spend a lot of time thinking about like ethics and and like the principles of Eastern like Buddhism or, mm-hmm. or something like that. And it all kind of like that's the origin. That's the origin of making the right choices. And and I feel there's no, no, not many people. There's not enough people, especially in government, that I feel like. Who's wise? Like that's my the big question I have, Mike, is like where are you getting where where is society getting wisdom from right now? In the old days you'd have this whole set of older generation which you think have collected wisdom and they've gone through hardship or not, and they've collected wisdom and you could turn to them and you know, do we look at our baby boomer generation that's running the government and like which one of them would you say is our our guru or our wis our wisdom? You know, I, I think there's I do see some wisdom in this next generation, like maybe the Xers. There's some people I can identify. Ron Paul? Yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, I think that, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't watch enough of the, the, the sound bites from those guys. Mm-hmm. But um, I do think that wisdom is the most valuable currency that we have. I mean, I, sh- I struggle to think of a single politician. Isn't that scary? Who, who is anything beyond some kind of like rent seeker. I mean, uh, AOC, yeah. Met Gala, tax rich dress. It's, it's just the most obvious statement of bullshit that you will ever see. Right. Whereas before, I've seen her give you know quite impassioned speeches about protecting the poor and you know, right. immigrants, and you know whether you're whether you're a lefty or not, it felt authentic, and it's just lost. The message is now it's dead. Right. I mean, she's politically dead to me. She might keep some of her political capital, but she's politically dead to me. And, right, right. And there's there's people I've met in, in the Bitcoin world. I like them because of Bitcoin. I like Cynthia Lamas and I like uh, Warren Davison. And mm-hmm. hopefully I'll meet Ted Cruz and maybe I think he's all right. But like, right, right. there's very few. There's, there was things about Mitt Romney I kind of liked at one time. Yeah, maybe. maybe. But you can name any one person. There's going to be someone listening and go, yeah, but he did this. Right. Well, I mean, and that's just another element that humans are fallible, right? But Ron Paul is the You're not going to find someone that's the Buddha. Everything they do is perfect. You're going to find people that have good things and bad things. I just want to find some wisdom in our leadership. You Ron, know, Ron, to... Ron Paul is like the one person yeah. where I consistently, every time I've watched him speak and debate, I'm like, you are principled in the right way. I think, I think yeah, I think I could agree with that, maybe. But, but there's very little else. <laughs> and then people go, well, Pete, why the fuck are you a status? It's just like, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's terrible in the UK. We have, 
We have nobody. Yeah, I think it's it, it is definitely a, a deep philosophical question about our leadership and our own personal leadership. Because you don't actually. There was a really interesting quote. Who was it by? I think it was um, Einstein. I think which said, "You don't get wisdom unless uh, you seek it. You have to be constantly seeking it, and then you become wise." You. It's not something like, oh, okay, you're not gonna. Maybe there's one or two people that get it that way. But there's no incentive for the smartest and wisest people to go into politics. No, to have their lives exactly exposed, their, right. to be trashed, and you know, there's an incentive for people who can't reoperate in the private world to go into. Well, it's hard to imagine. I mean, politics is a new job. Hmm. I mean, the state. This you talk about state is the state is a new. You read Sovereign Individual, and mm. there's other there's other books that I mean I, I mean we should talk about my my book list, <laughs> yeah. but um I mean the state is a new concept, you know before the United States there really wasn't states right we had monarchies we had monarchies and we had the church, and we had you know before that we had like empires and kings and you know like so it's a new concept and you know I think the jury's still out on how well. The states work. Maybe Bitcoin. Maybe if you pull money away from the government, states can actually work better. Mm-hmm. Like, how's that for? I mean, that's a potential concept. Like, I think there was a. If you read Mises, you know, Human Action, or you read uh, Rothbard's uh, What Did Government Do with Our Money? The epic. I mean, no one's going to read Human Action. That book is ridiculous. <laughs> but, uh, but Rothbard's book is, is readable. But um, Mises had a good interview where he said that the, you know the states are never going to give up money. They've got to be ripped out of, you know, ripped out of their hands. And if that can, if that's happening now, maybe states work better. You know, with a really solid, hard money that exists outside of the state system. That could be interesting. I mean, that's why it's really. It's the best of. Uh, Do you know of any? Huh? Yeah, yeah I, I've never heard it. I, I don't know. Maybe there's a candidate. <laughs> there's a candidate out there. But if if that's why it's really hard to talk about the state of the world because there's a lot of suffering and there's a lot of. I have a lot of empathy for all these problems that you know, COVID and there's a lot of oppression. There's authoritarianism. There's a lot of. Um, Pain and 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 disease and stuff like that, but it's also a moment of massive change, and change is usually good for us. So things are changing. So it's it's entertaining in some way because with the empathy with the empathy at the same time, mm-hmm. because we are kind of on we're kind of in the know. I feel like you know Bitcoin and the 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 additional of permissionless networks. And decentralized systems mean that we're kind of on the we're we're participating in the change instead of just getting hit in the head by it. Mm. And it's coming in a big way. I mean, it's already it's already coming. It's already there, right? Well, it's so. not. It, it goes. We're going full circle back to the start, right? Because it's the shift in money which is required because Bitcoin fixes things. Yeah, but that also causes that shift in people. I feel that. Like yeah. A lot of alignment with a lot of the people I get to hang around in the Bitcoin world, they, yeah. they, they've had a shift in values that not everyone's the same, but there's some similarities. Sure, sure. And this desire to have like a better world with a lower time preference. and Yeah, just a, time preference is great. Yeah, and, and that shift. Well, I like the, I like the metaphor, and I'm, and I'm working on some writing and stuff like this around this, which is the concept of investing. You know, 
you think of me as a venture capitalist. Okay, I'm investing in these these things. But if you think of it much broader, it's like we're investing. If you invest in yourself or your spirituality or your health, mm-hmm. investment is a is a super valuable word. You invest in that's a time preference word. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not spend. You know, you're going to invest in your health when you go to the gym, or if I choose my my beef liver, yeah. you know, I'm choosing a very high, you know, like a, a vitamin rich source at the moment versus the Twinkie, for, you know, that that I got, and or I invest in my my son. You know, I I really really love my son, and I want to spend time with him, and I am going to cry, <laughs> <laughs> and I want and I and I want the best for him. Yeah. So, you know, and my friends and. And my colleagues, you know, I'm super blessed to work with the people that I work with that like this video. And investing, if you think of every minute of your life and every dollar or Bitcoin you spend, you know, in my mind, Bitcoin is my unit of account, but um, is an investment, then you always think of that time preference return. And if you don't spend any time today on teaching your kid wisdom or te- or espousing wisdom, then that's wasted, you know, you didn't invest in that. Or if you didn't spend any time today working on your health and you didn't invest in that, your time preference is negative. So you're, you're compromising your future every moment if you're not completely present with your, your investments. So it's a, I don't know, it's a, for me, it's a really a powerful thing to think about. Yeah. Yeah, so. <sighs> well, listen, man, <laughs> it's great to have you here. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I knew, I knew this would be great. <laughs> like all those times we just like there's a few times I've had the pleasure of sitting down with you and having a drink or like say having tacos and just talking. Uh, and I've been bugging you for a few months now to say, "Come on, let's." Do it's this epic, show. man. We got to do this again. I know, this is so good. Uh, hopefully, with David Beckham. <laughs> yes. <If we laughs> at least, fit, at least we'll have one handsome guy in the room. Yeah. If we can fit him in. Yeah. Um, but dude, love you. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate you yeah. coming on, and I'm glad you're a friend. I'm glad I've got yeah. to know you. And amazing. We will do this again yeah. because it was such a pleasure. And, yeah. and uh, your team is amazing. They they really are. I'm He's very actually fortunate. traveling with one hotel room, and like there's like four people in this room, so I don't yeah. really know how that works. But wow, I'm very fortunate <laughs> amazing people. to be surrounded yeah. by such amazing yeah. people. That make no, I'm so great. I'm like so grateful for you and for this you know this opportunity, and and really just. You know, just a, some credit to you beyond, you know, inviting me. That's really nice. But I think you do um, really important thing for Bitcoin in, and everyone in the decentralized space. Thank you. Because you are an entry point. And like, uh, even though you're my friend, even and before we met, you know, when I meet somebody and I say, oh, they want to learn about this space, you know, your podcasts are like starting point. You know, because you I'll are speaking that. it from a, you're speaking it from a, you approach it in such a um, open way. I think. It's, I mean, you're very skilled at this. So, some compliments to you. I'm grateful. Thank you, man. Cheers. Appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Listen. Tell people where they can find you. What's your Twitter? Uh, yeah, my Twitter is uh, at profit. So it's P R O P H, and then the number three, and then T T T. Okay. And then uh, you can go to our two websites, which is xpto.com, mm-hmm. and then the fund is um, humlaventures.vc or xpto.humlaventures.vc. Um, if you are an entrepreneur with a great idea and you're a good person, send us your pitch. If you're a 
LP and you want to invest into the, you know, into the ecosystem alongside some really amazing, fun people um, like us, then, uh, you know, reach out. You know, we'd love to work with you guys. And it's great. Awesome, man. Well, listen, hey. uh, we need to go to see Inter Miami play. We're going to go to game for sure. Yeah, you got to come down. Thank you for my shirt, man. And yeah. Uh, yeah, see you soon. And look, all the best with everything. Oh, thanks, my friend. Cheers. All right. What did you make of that? Now, we have seen massive transformation in our society from the internet to social media. It's undeniable that things are changing and things have changed massively over the, the four decades I've lived on this planet. Especially as a father, my kids are already grown up in a different world than I did. And there's a lot to, there's a lot to think about with that, which is why I wanted to talk to Greg. He has a son similar to my son's age and you know, we have shared ideas and we've discussed some of the complexities of raising a son during these weird times. And now Bitcoin is changing things again. So the idea is that governments might function better if they didn't control the money or the disruption of the financial system. It makes sense, but it's crazy to think about what the future might hold. Anyway, come on. Did you enjoy this one? What did you think? I know. I know he mentioned Cardano. I know. I know. I did try to hold him to account for that. Okay. If you want to get in touch, you want to reach out to me, you can hop into my Telegram group or hit me up on my email, which is hello or what Bitcoin did. Dot com. Outside of that, if you want to support the show, if you heard this message every week and you've never done it, hop on to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. Hopefully, you love the show and you're like, you know what, Pete, I'm going to give you five stars. Maybe you hate it. Maybe you come every week and you hate it and you think it's shit and you want to leave one star. That's fine. I'll take anything. All right. got to go and catch a plane. I love you all and I'll see you all on Friday.